Hello, and welcome back to the Mind Speaks podcast, where if we never speak our minds, we will never know what it is to have a voice that is heard. I am Robert D. Ferguson, and I would like to speak my mind today. Today's podcast is a continuing story out of Bobby and the Bullies, segment three, titled Susie and Bobby. Stay tuned for future podcasts on social and cultural issues that concern how we speak, think, and live. It is six years later in Bobby's story. Due to his learning disabilities and grades, we find that Bobby has become a begun, I should say, a journey of repeating his third, fourth, and fifth grades in a row after a brief stay in special education classes in the public school system he once lived in. Bobby is now in another school system and in the fifth grade for the second time and three years older than his fellow classmates. His bullies keep taunting him and with new fuel as he struggles daily with the age difference between him and his classmates. Bobby is now 14, finds himself on the playground, jungle trim, with Susie, 11, a fellow classmate. Susie finds Bobby alone and joins him on the jungle gym. Bobby is nervous that Susie would even speak to him. Why does everyone pick on you, Bobby? Oh, come on, Susie, you know why. No, I don't, Bobby. You never smile and you hang around on the playground alone, avoiding everyone. You always look so sad. Why don't you ever smile? Bobby, with hurt in his voice, answers her. It's hard for me to smile, Susie. I was born with a crooked mouth and I can't smile. My facial muscles on the right side don't work. Everyone teases me because I look retarded and I stammer my words and can't talk right. Susie looks at Bobby. Bobby, I don't think you look retarded. Why? You can talk plainly enough to me. Not once have you stuttered one word to me. Well, that last sentence was very clear to me. You shouldn't let the others tease you so much. I know, Susie, but I get so tongue-tied when I get mad and angry at them for calling me names. When I try to smile and be happy, my face is just as crooked as always. If I look sad, it's because I have nothing to be happy about in my life. Why, Bobby? Susie is now sitting very close to Bobby. Oh, it's hard being three grades behind everyone else. I was in special classes for a while back in my old school before moving back here. But when we moved here, the school didn't have those special classes for me. I had to go back three grades and start over with the third grade. The level I was in 
in those special classes. We used to go to the school before that. I was in the fourth grade back then. Then we moved back here, and now I'm three grades behind my twin. And all the classmates I knew in the fourth grade back then are in the sixth grade now. They have never left me alone, calling me a retard back then and now. In an outburst of words, I'm too stupid to be in the sixth grade with them. It was difficult being back in the third grade again. The fourth and now fifth grade all over again. I need to be in the grade my twin in. My twin is in now. My grades are better, I suppose. I used to get E's and F's all the time. Now I get D's and C's. But it still hurts when you called stupid and a failure. I have nothing to be happy about when you don't have any friends. Bobby, don't be silly. I'm your friend. That is, if you want me to be your friend. Bobby turns to Susie and looks at her with hopeful eyes. Are you sure, Susie? You want to be my friend? Anyone who hangs out with me sooner or later joins the others in calling me names. No one wants to be my friend because they are afraid they too will be picked on like me. Susie is just about to tell Bobby she doesn't care when several boys and girls from the playground arrive at the jungle gym. One of the boys is first to shout at them. Hey, Bobby. Has a girlfriend. Hey, Susie. What's it like being a retard's girlfriend? Are you stupid just like him? Retard Bobby has a girlfriend. Retard Bobby has a girlfriend. Stupid just like he is. The boy starts dancing around the jungle gym, singing, "Retard Bobby has a girlfriend. Retard Bobby has a girlfriend." Susie likes a retard. Bobby is a retard. Bobby is a retard. The other kids join in in teasing Bobby and Susie. Susie jumps down from the jungle gym and runs away to the school building, crying. Bobby jumps down after Susie, shouting at her, "Susie, please don't cry. They don't mean it." Later that day, after. School. We find Bobby at home working on a project for his mother. She wanted him to build her a birdhouse from the kit she brought. Bobby has been working on it for several days now. He has finished and presents the birdhouse to her. Her reaction is startling, and we find Bobby returning to his bedroom to once again lay in bed, staring at the ceiling. His mother is speaking to him in his room. I don't know, Bobby, why you can't build a simple birdhouse for me. The nailing is shoddy, and it is crooked and lopsided. After all, it was a kit. You only had to follow the directions. Why you painted it a different color than what the kit told you to? I just can't fathom it. 
Remember to tell me never to let you talk me into letting you do anything for me again. You're worthless, just like your old man. One reason I divorced him. Bobby Mother throws the birdhouse to the floor where it shatters into pieces. Getting up to look out the window onto the familiar backyard scene, Bobby turns to the one source of comfort, his prayers. God, no matter what I do, it's not good enough for her. It has to be exactly how she wants, and anything less is wrong, even if it isn't perfect to the high heavens. It's thrown into the trash. Never, ever any credit for trying to do my best. She's always looking over my shoulder when I'm doing something like this. It makes me nervous. No wonder they tell me my self-esteem stinks, and I am always self-doubting myself. If it's not the bullies in school or the teachers tearing me down, it's my mother at home. I don't know what to do. I know Dad wasn't perfect, and he had his head in the clouds most time looking for that quick, rich scheme, going from one job to another and having us move around so often. My brothers and I never knew which school we were going to go to each morning. Sometimes I wish I could live with him and his new girlfriend. God, they tell me that I should get my head out of the clouds and grow up. It's hard for me to act right when I feel so wrong. Every time I try to talk to someone about my feelings, I get so mixed up and stammering my words. I'm told to act my age and stop having everyone take advantage of me. They expect too much of me and then won't let me do anything when I do. It's a failure. I'm too stupid to play ball. I'm not coordinated enough to run. I get frustrated too easily and quit before I start. Well, what would you do when they are shouting at you all the time, telling you you'll never hit the ball, retard? We haven't got all day, retard. Hit the ball or quit. Never one ounce of encouragement. Always you quit before you start. So why should we let you play? I hate this life. No one wants to be a friend of a retard. I can't wait to grow up and be someone famous, someone they will look up to and admire. It won't matter if my face is a mess. Maybe I can be a renowned actor, playing parts when I need to use a mask and lots of makeup. Or I'm a serious poet who writes great epics and becomes famous around the world. That's it. I am a famous poet, national laureate. Oh, what wonderful words I would write. Words of passion, love, mystery, hate, joy. Bobby nods off at the window, still dreaming of fame. Good afternoon, folks. This is your local public radio program. In the world of literature, Famous author and poet has just been awarded the Nobel Prize for Excellence in Literature. Bobby, as he is known to his readers, is the youngest poet at age 22 to ever be awarded the 
prestigious title of National Poet Laureate by the President of the United States. Now at 30 years of age, he is a Nobel Prize winner for his collection of epic poems. This reporter's favorite is the mighty Matriarch of Rivers. In a performance tonight at the White House, Bobby will be giving a special reading of his most prominent works. In other news, the President will be visiting his hometown next week. Bobby is standing at one side at the podium in the grand ballroom of the White House. Applause is heard. Bobby is taken a bow, then returns to the podium, waving his hands to motion the audience to quiet down. He addresses his host. Thank you, Mr. President, First Lady, for inviting me back to the White House. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to end this evening with something light and different from my usual epic readings. I wrote and published this poem in memory of the many times as a young teen, I went fishing down to the local river each summer. This poem is titled, Innocence of a Summer Day. Innocence of a Summer Day. He came to the pond dressed in the innocence of a summer day. A smile stretched from cheek to cheek with blue eyes that sparkled with a gleam of joy. In one hand he held a bamboo pole, the other a pail of worms. He picked a sunny spot, resting his back against the weathered log. Tipping his straw hat down to shade his eyes, he swung his baited hook into the still waters. Aqua winglets rippled toward the shore, lapping around his tanned feet that cooled in the waves. As he rested against his log, he chewed a stem of sweet grass, as frogs gave throat to hoarse calls in the distance. The boy gave a sigh and closed his eyes. The sun warmed his mind to a drowsy state, and soon he was asleep. Dreaming about starry nights, campfires, fireflies, his first kiss, lost treasures, and grand adventures. As he goes in the warmth of the noonday sun, these thoughts filled his head. Like high school sports, fame, and riches, a family and three kids, he was all that he could be in his river. Then a cloud passed by, blocking the sun, and as the chill awoke him, he stretched his legs and arms, stood to retrieve his line, only to find an empty hook. He removed his wide brimmed hat and dusted off the seat of his pants. He had waves of red curls that crowned his head, matching the affinity freckles that mapped his face. Turning from the pond, he walked down the wooded path, back home whistling a happy tune, dressed in the innocence of a summer day. The ballroom fills with thunderous applause as Bobby makes a quiet exit from the room. Bobby's reflections of fame and glory are interrupted by a spring storm and thundering booms. He is reminded of how he hates his life. God, all I ever wanted to do is to be loved for just being me and not what others expect of me. 
I'm tired of having to compete with my brothers and others. They are not the ones who have to live with my face, this lopsided mouth. They don't get called nasty nicknames and picked on daily. Why, God, why did you do this to me? Why did you allow me to be born this way? Is there some grand plan of yours, some battle to win, before people will see past the pain I have in my heart? Will my mother love me? Not something she thinks I should be. I hate this world. I wish I could die. Now that would teach them. That would show them how much pain I have. Lord, why don't you just let me die in my sleep? Yet I awake each morning, still alive to face those ugly names. God, why don't you let me die? This ends segment three of Bobby and the Bullies. Stay tuned for segment four, titled Teacher Gone Wild.